love you. <laughs> Welcome back, couch potatoes. I am the green traveler from Gush. And I am the faceless Leon. And uh, <coughs> because I am ageless, th- this is this episode is brought to you from a uh, hundred years from now. And, uh, <laughs> that that'll make we more sense. To- you know, that bit would be make more sense if we did it with the next movie. But yeah, they didn't. Nobody okay. realized that. Yeah, they didn't realize that we have a time machine. And we just go forward whenever the fuck we want to. That's right. We have our own TARDIS. Um, we stole it from the Doctor. Which one? Yeah, that's true. You'll never know. Who knows? Any one of them in the timeline. <laughs> so we're back with. Uh, well, this is I should say first. Green and faceless on the couch. A. That's true. Podcasts about movies. And TV, but this is not about TV. This is about the Matrix. It's about the freaking Matrix, everybody. Matrix number three. Matrix Revolutions. I have to look at the name each time because this is the dumbest named one. All right. So this is how this is how I have decided to remember the title. Okay. So Rev Revolutions, right? You would yes. you would think like you know. There, one definition of this word is a forcible overthrow of a government or social order in favor of a new system, according to Google. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, a good one. But it also means an instance of revolving. Ah, uh, yeah, and that so, I, I guess that does technically happen. Okay, yes. So, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. They, we, we've talked about the second movie. We yep. held back on what precisely that means. Is it time? Yeah, I guess it's time. <clears throat> yeah. If, if, uh, if you haven't watched the second movie, yeah, you should watch the second movie. We'll try not to spoil this one. Yeah. Get out there, watch them all. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, you can stop that too. That's just me. <laughs> That's just me. But well, okay, that's not true. Um, we'll talk the fourth one next Monday. Yes, we will. But of the original three, I would say you can stop at two. Uh, I'll save my opinions on the fourth one until then. But with number three, is it crashed and burned? It's like the it's like watching the Zeppelin blimp just you know burst into flame and, and fall to the ground. I think they, they like, filmed it. At- if the if its ending was the ending of the second movie, like we said this last time, I think. Yeah, yeah, they really should have just expanded on the second movie. Like, keep exploring those themes, get some good, awesome action scenes. The third one, though, is it's filmed at the same time as the second one. So, it's like, they had this huge epic plan, I guess. And the plan involved their finale mostly being set in the real world. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely awful effects. Yes, it (laughs) is. Shit Um, effects. I don't... I don't know that I want to say it's awful. It's not as bad. Well, okay, oh they do. The, they do. The mech suits. Have the the mech suits. Yeah, remember when the monster or the 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 machines break into Zion and and start attacking? Oh, they're fighting with the mech suits. That's right. The Zion. The Zionese. Yeah. The Zionites. The Zionites. 
They are they, yeah, they, these, fighting the with surviving these humans. Suits. Yeah, they all run into the dumbest looking mech suits ever that look just awful in regards to CGI. Yeah, much improved in Avatar. <laughs> yeah, much improved, like heavily improved in Avatar. But here with with Matrix Revolutions, it looks so stupid. Like they're they're all. I mean, it is like the exact same kind of suit as an avatar unit the the humans located in the chest area mm-hmm. has controls for their feet and their their hands and they can move them all about freely which in turn moves the mech's arms and legs right. you know so and with you know you're in a war situation so of course you're gonna put your awesome ass mechs you're gonna put giant ass guns in their hands and they're gonna sit there and they're just gonna all like hold them up in the air and just and shoot and it just looks it looks ridiculously stupid and even dumber is the fact that this is their only way to fight the machines and of course guns run out of ammo so the only way to reload the gun is to have some poor unarmed uh-huh. fuck run uh-huh. ammo out from from the city from Yelling, the safety of the ammo! shelter ammo! yeah <laughs> completely giving their position away i mean not that it matters with machines but like of course the machines swarm them every now and then just completely kill them which in turn make the mech suit absolutely fucking useless it's just it's it's just awful planning it's god awful planning it looks dumb it's like Like, what really like they tried to do the best that they could with what they had and it just isn't enough is is what it is like it shows how outclassed they are from the matrix monsters that can just float around and do whatever the fuck they want i mean it's true i mean it's completely true but like imagine i know that this is very impractical and i know they wanted to have their awesome like action scene but imagine if they didn't have mech suits if they were really just bare bones out of everything right and the the, the machines break in and it becomes like all stealth based like all Mm. these humans are just hiding and just hoping that the one does something yeah this that's interesting but i think that because of the questions about faith in this movie and especially with right. the, the the commander Locke character there's no way that the zionese or zionites <laughs> wouldn't fight back i know yeah like, like it makes sense for the movie that they're not gonna just sit well, even around if it was just wait. guerrilla fighting yeah like that would have been interesting yeah it, but i do yeah. feel like that scene with with the people hiding and then attacking it's been done a lot so at the, know, at the very least they did try this battle scene but i appreciate that you did not like it there is something i know we talk, we just jumped right into the battle of zion that's like the second half of the movie at least it's like it's like the biggest portion honestly yes it is it might it might be like it might start after the first quarter of the movie yeah it's like there, there's a lot going on with Neo and with Trinity and Morpheus, but they're on a side mission kind of thing. It's, yeah. it's super important. It's okay. It's the Battle of Helm's Deep and Lord of the Rings, right? But Frodo and Sam are closer to the freaking Mount Mount Doom <laughs> than and and yeah. you know uh, than they are in the second one. Yeah, they've already been through the marsh. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's this huge. I guess the Battle of Gondor would have been even <laughs> would have been more accurate. <laughs> it's that final battle, you know. It's it's yeah. a huge battle scene, and then your your heroes are off 
on their own mission, which is equally as important and is going to influence what happens at the big fight, at the big right. battle. But that big battle was just wow. not entertaining. The I, shot. The, even the ending, now that you said it, is very, very similar to Return of the King. Yeah. They really, like, this one really just kind of fell apart for me. And I think a lot of the reason is because it, is because it becomes very derivative of other stories. Sure. You know, they don't sure. they don't explore their themes anymore. They kind of just like forget I mean, they don't forget their themes. Their themes are still very much here. Yeah. But they're just no longer being explored as heavily as they were in the first two films. Like the first two films no. have all these like beautiful questions that it was like asking. And it's just like, well, what about this? Oh, here's a virus into the computer system. Right. And I don't know. Now it just this one it just kind of became like, all right, time to just fight. It definitely feels like how do I put this? Like it's, they're like, okay, let's wrap it up and let's throw in as many action scenes as we can. That is kind of how it feels. Right. I guess to go into Neo and Morpheus and them a little bit. So at the beginning of the second or at the end of the second one, Neo and Bane, Bane being agent Smith personified in the real world after he assimilated into the actual guy Bane and the matrix. Uh-huh. I know that's confusing as shit, but that's what happened. That's what happened. <laughs> Bane, was in, Bane was in the Matrix. Agent Smith became Bane. And then when Bane woke up out of the Matrix, it was Agent Smith in his body. But they're both trapped or something. I can't remember where Bane is trapped. I think he's just in a coma kind of thing. But yeah. Neo is trapped in a subway station like that's a, it's a bubble yes. yeah, it's like a bubble universe in the matrix it, kind yeah, of thing yeah i would say it's kind of like the file system in the matrix oh like yeah, nice. yeah yeah that's kind of what it feels like and you know what it's the gooey interface <laughs> <laughs> i guess interface is in gooey isn't it oops yeah it's the I really just wish they had explored that. That would have been far more been fascinating. Cool. Instead, in regards to Neo time, he's trapped in the subway for five minutes before uh, Trinity and Morpheus get him out of there. That's true. That is that is kind of what happens. And, and it, she makes a deal, right, with uh, what the fu- oh with Persephone behind her husband's back, uh, the other program. Yeah, the the one with the M. Uh, the Mar- yeah, Merovingian. Merovingian. The Merovingian. Lambert Wilson. And uh, to remind you, Persephone is played by Monica Bellucci. Bellucci. Yeah, I don't remember what the deal is. But yeah, she makes some kind of deal to get Neo out from... Because the Merovingian had him and the the program that ran... The subway station thing was like, you know, he's yeah. like a homeless person in the in the Matrix. He looks like a homeless person riding the subways. Yeah, I guess homeless yeah, person's a little does. incorrect. Uh, just yeah, like a, yeah, maybe. I was just trying. He just to looks find like what... that 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 greasy man that hides in the back of the subway car. Yeah, and this bad. guy is famous for playing that kind of character. And I was trying to yeah. find him. Uh, he's actually just like hangs outside the man. Hollywood sets. Bruce Spence. Yep. He's Man. in. Yeah, uh, he's good. A lot of he's things. decent in this. I mean, I guess... there, there's nothing bad in regards to the acting in this. It kind of does seem like people are tired, like all the actors are tired, and that might just be because they, you know, filmed it back to back with the second one. I, but, yeah, and I, I do also think that's kind of the train man's character is that he's tired. Yeah, 
<laughs> he looks pretty I just meant everybody in this film. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. Yeah. But this is the first yeah. time the train man shows up in the, in the story. Right, so he has no excuse. Uh, and maybe they, maybe the, the Wachowskis ran this scene so many times just so that his tired <laughs> would catch up with everybody else's tired. Maybe. Oh, poor Keanu, if that was the case. <laughs> but yeah, like, once they break out Neo, it, it kind of just like... I don't know. They they go back to the Oracle for a little bit. She kind of gives them like one last bit of guidance. To stop you there, the Oracle is a different Oracle. All right, yeah. They have to yeah. they have to do a couple of lines of like, "Who are you? <gasps> I'm the Oracle." No, you're not. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. It's Mary Alice plays the Oracle in this movie. Yeah, and the reasons I don't know what the real world reasons are. I'm sure. Uh, Gloria Gloria Foster, the actress or the actor who played the Oracle, passed away during filming of the second one. Okay, that's what I assumed is what happened. Yeah. Well, they do some things, you know. They make it sound like she went out in a blaze of glory, and this is what her program could reprogram. Is Mary Alice? Right. Yeah, I mean they 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 did what they have to do. Obviously, like it's sad right. that Gloria Foster passed away because she was a good Oracle. Yeah. Um, and I think Mary Alice does a, a good job standing in. Like, there's, Definitely. you know, the, it makes sense for the character, and they did, I guess, the explanation justice enough. Yeah. Uh, the Oracle, after they visit her, uh, they leave. Morpheus, Neo, and Trinity leave. And then in comes Agent Smith, and he's like, ha ha ha, I am winning. <laughs> and he just, he just takes over the Oracle, and that's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. of course he could do that. We've seen him do that, but like, I thought she would have like tried to fight against it. Yeah, but whatever. She gives him the Maybe power of recognition from from her 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 death or whatever happened to her. Yeah, she she knew that it was, the moment was coming, and it's it's like okay, whatever. I mean, it's just I don't know. It's it's it just all ends poorly for me. Like all the all the storylines getting wrapped up is just kind of like meh. And yeah. after after Neo and them visit the Oracle, they have like some kind of plan where they 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 know what to do. And in the real world, they're like, "We have to get to Machine City. We gotta. Yeah. Uh, I assume it's Detroit. We gotta go to Detroit, <laughs> <laughs> Machine I City." That. <laughs> um, but is it is that what they call it? I, I think they do call it Machine City I or something like that. Right. I think it is yeah. Machine City. That's I think it has, like, an official name, but, like, the humans just call it that. Sure. But, like, the, their plan is, like, we have to get there and something's going to happen. It's not explained at all why they're going there, why they trust Neo. No. It's just he's the one and the one who knows. You know, he was told something from the Oracle and they're like, we're going to go with it because we have faith. Hooray. Faith. Yeah. And then they do the thing that they need to do there. Uh, it comes at a heavy price. Didn't mean to keep, mm -hmm. sweep it up from you, but I want to leave it. I didn't want to give free. it away either. Yeah, yeah. I do <laughs> want to talk about the the entity that they meet at Machine City. Okay, which is basically just a bunch of machine, a bunch of the machines, the the little alien things uh -huh. with the tentacles, kind of just like formed together to make a baby face. <laughs> it's very weird. It is very weird. <laughs> like, like I understand that it has to interact somehow with with Neo. That was it's 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 like okay, we know we need to talk to Neo. He's here instead of just killing him. You know, there's, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, but to to communicate with him, 
they decided to become a giant baby face. <laughs> I just, yeah, I I don't I, get it. <laughs> I didn't necessarily recognize it as a baby face, but now I can't unsee it as a baby face. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. It's 100%. It's just a weird baby head. I'm like, why? Why do they do this? I mean, it's a, this, it's a decent effect, I will admit. It, it does look nice. It's one of the few things in this movie that I think actually looks nice. I do want to go back uh, a little bit. You talked pretty much about the entirety of the plot. But at the train station, there was a couple of characters that they try to make important to this movie, but are yeah. more important to the next movie. Uh, and that would be uh, Little Sati, played by Tanvir K. Atwal. And her parents, who I don't remember what their character names were. But her dad was some kind of an accounting program, but he was rooting for the one because he likes people. And so meeting Neo was kind of nice. And Sati, they were trying to find her a way out of the Matrix so she could live her own life. Yeah, and it was very, very weird... Because, like, as you said, they tried to set them up. But the only thing that I took from that entire scene, from all of the train station, is that at the very end, when uh, when the family, at least, is about to leave, when they get on the train, Neo tries to get on the train with them. And he says to the father of Sati, uh, he says, hold on, I'll I'll take your bag for you. So he picks up, he picks up the father's bag. And then the the train man is just like, no, you're not allowed on and pushes him back. And he's just like, this is my world, my rules. You're not allowed on this train. The only thing I got from the entire family is that the father lost his fucking luggage because (laughs) the luggage and Neo are kicked away. And then the train just goes off. So Neo just fucked this guy out of his, his, this program, out of his possessions. And that's the only thing I remember in that entire whole shit. Like, I even forget that they're important to the fourth one. But yeah, uh, I, is there much more to talk about with the Matrix revolutions? No, I don't think yeah. so. Not without giving away things that happen. That, you know, it's kind of a, it, it is a reveal. Oh, I do want to talk about these two characters in the battle. Real quick, but I'll do it as part of my closing statement. How about that? Okay. Uh, these characters' names, I can't remember, but they are Link's relations. You remember? Right, right. And they have several scenes during the battle, and every single one of them passed the Bechdel test. Oh, really? But, yeah, I would say so. At least a few of them. That When I started taking notice, I was like, oh, shit. Damn. <laughs> but also, you know, I, I mean, they did a thing that like helped stave off the machines for a little bit longer. But right. other than that, it was not really relevant to the plot. It that was like an a, a C story that they tagged on to to pad the movie so they can make a third movie. That's yeah, exactly. what it, it really felt like, unfortunately. But the characters did do a good job and I was like, this is pretty good dialogue, but it's like a different movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's what I'm saying. Imagine if that entire final fight had just been that had just been people yeah. sneaking around blowing up these machines while they're trying to find the survivors yeah that like, would have been more interesting 
They could have done like a few scenes of like the ships outside the gates. Yeah. Like, maybe that could have been a little bit more interesting. And they were holding yeah. them back as long as they could. And then once they got in, people were hiding and stuff. And that, that I think that could have been more interesting. Like I said, it's been done before, but maybe there's a reason that it gets done so often. And that's because right. it, it it builds tension and it's, and, and it's visually okay. more interesting to watch that than to watch weird ass <laughs> um, mechs just raise their arms to the sky and jiggle a lot. Oh fuck! Okay, so and I said that was part of my closing statement. Um, I I give the movie a face. I mean, it, it's not te- it's not a terrible movie. Um, I definitely liked the other two better. Yeah, I, I agree. I like the other two better, and I I don't know. It's it's not a terrible movie. It's not. It has it has its moments. The the shit with Neo in the real world. Um, there's there's hints that and and moments where he might be you know still have the power. He might still be able to connect with the the machines, and like I wish they just had explored that more. It, it's just it's it is explored. I, right. I don't want to make it seem like they don't explore it. But it's just, it's so very it's boringly done. It's vague. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's there's an awesome final fight between Neo and Agent Smith because obviously there has to be. Right. Problem is, I say it's an awesome fight. It's not really. It's it's all in the dark. It's in the rain. Most of it's CGI. Everybody just, is Smith. <laughs> Yeah, everybody is Smith. It's just it's so weird and but it it's not a terrible ending. Like you said, it's not a terrible movie. The the ending action of our heroes I think is pretty good for the end of a trilogy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for for the for the end of a trilogy, they did what they could, I guess. I'm happy they had a fourth one. Yeah, uh, we will talk too. that next week, of course. I'm excited. I, I liked that one. Yeah, I'll hold off my opinions on it, but it, <laughs> it was definitely it was definitely better than the third one. But here, I give this one two stars. It's it's still entertaining, but they they have a lot of overuse of effects. Yeah, uh, the themes kind of fall into the background, and it's just it's not it, it's just not as entertaining. It, it's very it's far grittier than the other two in regards to how it looks, also. Mainly because most of it takes place in Zion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's just. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I as I said before, I don't. I don't really recommend it. If you're gonna, if I mean, if you're gonna watch it for the first time, of course, for the experience of right. the Matrix, you gotta get the ending it. of that original trilogy. If after. you're rewatching, you can skip by this one. You don't miss much. Yeah. Just, just remember the ending, <laughs> and that's yeah. hard enough to do. To be perfectly yeah. honest, right. It's it's it's, it's, it's kind of muddy. It is just really muddy, and I think with that, that's our show. That is our show. It's it's muddy, and <laughs> I have been the Green Traveler from Gorsh. I am the Faceless Leon. It really is muddy outside here, like really muddy. But yeah, I think it's been it's raining nonstop. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Stop it. Weather. Well, for that, uh, especially living around here, safe travels and. Good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. If you like the show, please show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, subscribe, wherever you might listen. We also now have a Patreon account. 
If you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. You can also find more information about us on our Facebook account or on the FictionWorks19 Instagram account. Thank you so much for listening.